The South Carolina Gamecocks want to make a leap in the 2022 football season. But in order to do that, they're going to need to have a few important players to really step up. Who are those players? I'll be discussing that today on the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. Our Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, your show for daily Gamecock headlines and potential storylines for your favorite South Carolina sports teams. I'm your host, as always, Andrew Lyon, and today we're going to continue to look ahead at the 2022 football season. And I decided that in today's episode, I'm going to cover four different players whom I think will be very important for the Gamecocks if they want to take a big step forward this upcoming season. The players that I'm going to be talking about are Antoine Wells Jr., Christian Beal Smith, Marcellus Dow, and Sherrod Green. In that order for today's episode. Before I start discussing about these players, as always, thank you for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your daily choice for South Carolina Gamecock sports coverage. Okay, so let's start off with Antoine Wells Jr. Antoine Wells Jr., as y'all may recall, is a transfer wide receiver from this past offseason who was last playing at James Madison up in Virginia. Now, in two years at James Madison, he had 116 catches for 1,853 receiving yards and 21 total receiving touchdowns. Now, Antoine Wells Jr. is widely expected to be the number one or number two wide receiver in Marcus Satterfield's offense this upcoming season alongside Gamecock wide receiver Josh Van. So something you all may be asking about Antoine Wells Jr. is, well, you know, maybe you haven't heard as much about him. Maybe you haven't listened to a whole lot of the radio talk. Maybe you haven't been looking online. What are we getting with Antoine Wells Jr.? Well, Antoine Wells Jr. is known as a grinder with a dog mentality. He is a guy that goes out there and goes to work, and he has a real moxie about him when he is out there on the field. And if you listen to any of the spring practice press conferences from some of the other offensive players like Marshawn Lloyd and especially Luke Doty, then you heard about this a lot from those guys. And even head coach Shane Beamer commented about it as well. And with Antoine Wells as a receiver, as far as a skill set standpoint, I've mentioned before that I like to call Antoine Wells just a flat-out ball player. And again, that might be a really big cliche when it comes to sports and classifying athletes. But honestly, it really fits Antoine Wells Jr. to a T, in my opinion. As Antoine Wells Jr., he's not necessarily somebody that's got one or two skills that he is so good at that it just really pops off the screen at anybody. But at the same time... Antoine Wells also just doesn't have really a whole lot of weaknesses to his game at all. He is at least average to pretty good in every single facet of a wide receiver skill set that you look for in a wideout. And 
There's a big reason why I think Antoine Wells Jr. is very important for the Gamecocks this next season. If you look back at the receiving numbers from South Carolina's players who are returning from last year, the leading receiver was Josh Van, who had 679 receiving yards by season's end. The second place finisher in the receiving yards department was Jaheim Bell, who we consider, of course, now as a wide back and mainly played tight end last year, as he had 497 receiving yards. Now, this is where we find a significant drop-off. No other Gamecock had more than 222 receiving yards in the 13 games played this past season. The even scarier part about this statistic is this. The guy that had 222 receiving yards was Nick Muse, who played tight end as well. And he was not lining up out wide as much as Jaheim Bell was. So essentially, Josh Van was the only wide receiver. The only guy that lined up out wide to the boundary near the sidelines. Every single that had more than 222 receiving yards. That is not good at all for any offense in college football. And again, when you think about that in the grand scheme of things, it really continues to be amazing when you consider that along with the fact that South Carolina still, I mentioned, found a way to win seven games last year. Now, obviously, Antoine Wells is going to have a bit of a curve here when he starts off this next season. SEC defenses are obviously vastly different from the defenses he probably played against at the FCS level. But when looking at the statistics, it's very clear to me Antoine Wells Jr. can ball. This guy can play. And you watch him in the spring game. Antoine Wells was going out there and was giving everything he's got every single play. And while, of course, the camera angle didn't really allow for us fans to see what was happening in the secondary, as well as, you know, what was maybe happening in the pocket with the line of scrimmage and everything, I think that Antoine Wells could be somebody that really catches some opposing SEC fans off guard this next season as somebody that makes a couple plays and makes them sit there and go, who the heck is this guy for South Carolina? I could definitely see that happening with Antoine Wells next year. And if you want to know just how much this guy is taking this opportunity very seriously, I'll tell you this quick story. When South Carolina was getting ready to play the Garden Black Spring game back on April 16th, the team, of course, had to arrive at the Football Operations Center at a specific time that day so that they can go in they could start to, you know, maybe get treatment from the athletic trainers. They can talk with their position coaches and essentially start their preparation for the game later that night. I don't think the players had to be there until like 3 p.m. that afternoon, which kind of makes sense because that would have given them like four hours to do all that stuff before the game was going to start later that night. Antoine Wells Jr. got there at 12 o'clock in the afternoon and spent two and a half to three hours before all of the rest of the guys got to the facility talking with Coach Satterfield about all the different terminology and the calls for the receivers for the plays that were more likely going to get run later that night. 
That speaks volumes to just how much, again, Antoine Wells Jr. is going to try and take full advantage of this opportunity that he's got to jump from the FCS level to the SEC, show fans what he can do, and again, just how hard this guy works. I mean, that is the kind of guy that you want on your football team 10 times out of 10 guaranteed. So for all of those reasons that I just stated, Antoine Wells Jr. is going to be a very vital part of this offense and this Gamecock team's potential success this next season. Now, coming up in just a few moments, I will discuss Christian Beal Smith and Marcellus Dial and talk about how important these guys are to the team's success for this next season. But before I do so, I have a word from our friends over at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports information where you'll find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including the NHL Stanley Cup Finals. The Avalanche, as of this recording now, currently lead the Lightning 3-1. Lightning now have their backs against the proverbial wall, and they lose one more game. The Colorado Avalanche will win the Stanley Cup Championship. You've also got regular season Major League Baseball games going on. And, of course... You'll get all the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC all the way to boxing. BetOnline acts as a continuous source for all of your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and much, much more. So be sure to head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, so let's talk about Christian Beal Smith now as an important player for the South Carolina football team next season. Now, to remind all of you, Christian Bill Smith is a transfer running back who is coming from Wake Forest, where he rushed for 1,871 yards and 14 touchdowns in the four seasons he played with the Demon Dinkins. He is expected to probably be the second back out of the running back room behind Marshawn Lloyd this upcoming fall. Now, when watching film of Christian Bill Smith, Earlier this offseason, before I even started on this podcast, pretty much the way I see Christian Beal Smith, he is a workhorse type of running back. He is a guy that you send out there where pretty much if it's a play where you just got to have it, you got to get some yards, whether it's you got to get some yards to maybe offset a really bad sack or a bad run play that got blown up on first down. Or if it's third and short and, hey, we need a first down here to extend the drive, maybe it's later in the game, so if we don't get this drive extended, the game is pretty much over. Christian Beal Smith is the guy that you send out there to get you those yards. He's not going to blow you away with his speed. He's not going to blow you away with his spin moves and his juke moves, maybe like a Marshawn Lloyd can. And, of course, the speed, you can attribute that to Juju McDowell. Both of those guys have those traits, while Christian Beal Smith does not. But I will tell you this much. Christian Beal Smith runs like a bull in a china shop. There are not very many players who are going to probably be able to stand up Christian Beal Smith on a run play, one-on-one, and be able to drive him back for a net loss of yards. You're not going to see that happen very often with this guy. And the other thing is this. The unique part about Christian Beal Smith is he comes from a Wake Forest offense where, for those of you who really pay attention to college football, Wake Forest has this facet of their offense that's extremely unique and different from most offenses called the slow mesh. Now, the slow mesh is basically this. 
The mesh part is when the quarterback gets the snap from the center and say they're in the shotgun, the running back then comes up to the quarterback and the quarterback puts the ball in the gut of the running back and is looking ahead, sort of scanning the field to kind of see what's happening with the offensive line, where are the linebackers set up, are they are they inching up closer to the line of scrimmage, or are they falling back in coverage? That is the quote-unquote mesh point. And a slow mesh basically just means they're doing that at a much slower pace. Now, a lot of you people may be thinking, well, would that be a bad idea to run a slow mesh because you're giving the defense sort of more time to diagnose what's going on? And from a logical standpoint, it does sound like it wouldn't work out very well, except for Wake Forest, they've actually used this to their full advantage. And it led to them having, I believe, a top 15 scoring offense this past year at the FBS level and a double-digit win season. Wake Forest found tremendous success with this offense under offensive coordinator Warren Ruggio, and it has really changed the game for them in terms of ACC play and being able to actually go toe-to-toe with some of the more prestigious programs in that conference. And so my point is, with the slow mesh, Christian Beal Smith really had to learn patience when it comes to the running game. Some running backs are really good athletes, but they never pan out as a running back at the collegiate or professional level because their ball carrier vision and their impatience to maybe not be willing to wait and see if a gap opens up, that comes back to bite them. They'll end up running into an offensive lineman or they'll run right into a gap where the linebacker pretty much sees where they're going the whole way and they get stuffed, tackled for a loss. Before you know it, they're no longer starting or if it's the NFL, they've probably been cut and they're out of a job. So that is extremely important in terms of running backs and it doesn't get brought up enough. Christian Bill Smith understands that though to such a significant degree because of this offense. Now, moving on to why he's so important. I kind of alluded to it earlier. He is going to be the workhorse back in this South Carolina offense this next season. If it's third and one, third and two, third and three, listen, no offense to Marshawn Williams, Juju McDowell. And I'm telling you, they're still going to get sent out there from time to time because you got to be able to keep a defense honest when it comes to the different skill sets of the running back room, which the Gamecocks have a great variety of this next season. But I can probably tell you all right now, 75 to 80% of the time in those situations, if the coaching staff decides we are going to run the ball, Christian Beal Smith is going to be the man that's going to be sent out there to get the job done. And this is for good reason. As back in 2021, the Gamecocks ranked 13th in the SEC in third down conversion percentage on offense with a third down conversion percentage of 35.1%, which is just absolutely horrific, again, in terms of being able to extend drives and keeping the defense off the field. And think about it. The Gamecock defense did so good last year in spite of how bad the offense played at times. Imagine if the offense could just extend drives, convert on third down, and be able to give the defense a little bit more of a breather in certain games. It could really alter a game more so than fans realize. So for that reason, Christian Bill Smith is going to be a very important running back to this offense next season. Now let's move on to Marcellus Dial. Now Marcellus Dial was a JUCO commit for the 2021 recruiting cycle out of Georgia Military Academy 
but he is originally from Woodruff, South Carolina. Now, in 2021, Marcelo Stout played in 13 games, starting seven of them, racking up 33 tackles, six pass breakups, one forced fumble, and one fumble recovery. Now, he will be a fourth-year junior going into this upcoming season, and he is expected to start at an outside corner spot in Week 1. Now, the reason why Marcel Style played in 13 games but only started 7 last year is because last year, the secondary saw the emergence of Darius Rush, who was a rising senior at the cornerback spot. Now, Darius Rush played, I believe, quarterback in high school and had to transition to the secondary when he came to South Carolina. And while Darius Rush had some of his moments last year that did not look so great, a la maybe the Georgia game, especially early on in the year, what Torian Gray did with that secondary, with him, Jalen Foster being a senior former walk-on out of Gardner-Webb, Cam Smith really being the one guy out there that a lot of opposing offenses would say, we got to see where that guy is every single play on the field. To put it bluntly, it felt like at the beginning of the year it was a ragtag bunch. But Torian Gray took that ragtag bunch and turned them into the seventh best pass defense in the country. An unbelievable job by Torian Gray and defensive coordinator Clayton White. Now, this upcoming season, Cam Smith is expected to slide inside to the nickel spot where he played a lot more in spring practice. And the coaches were wowed by how well he did. Because obviously... The nickel corner is expected to kind of be a Swiss Army knife out of all the cornerbacks. They're expected to be able to do a little bit of everything. Be able to come up and press coverage and be able to handle a wide receiver trying to block them. Be able to come up and help in the rush defense by tackling the running back. And also be able to go back in coverage. And sometimes maybe even help give support to their outside man or their teammate that is near the sideline, an outside corner. That is so important to have on a defense. Great secondaries, they normally have at least a really solid nickel corner back there to help them. Cam Smith is being moved there this coming season. Darius Rush is going to hold one of the corner spots, which means the other corner spot is now up for grabs. And the only guy that really fits that spot going into this year that more likely is going to get it is Marcellus Dial. Dial was considered to be a great athlete coming out of Georgia Military Academy. He's got a really solid frame, and he's got tools to work with there. But obviously, this past season, again, was probably like drinking water from a fire hose because he was playing in a, probably a much more complex defense against way better athletes in the best conference in college football. Now he's got a year under his belt. He's got another year in Clayton White's system, and this year, he's going to get a chance to prove how much he has improved from this past offseason. He's going to be very important in terms of taking some of the load off some of the other corners in this scheme in Cam Smith and Darius Rush. Now, in just a few moments, I will go over linebacker Sherrod Green and what he could bring to the defense this next season. Before I do so, I have a message from our friends over at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning, like is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand that their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, 
even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. If you own a Honda Odyssey, a fuel pump is $353 from a chain store, but it is only $216 when you buy from Rock Auto. Not to mention, Rock Auto is a family-owned business that's been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. So what are you waiting for? Because it's time to go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right, let's talk about Sherrod Green at linebacker now. The fourth and final person in this important player discussion for this upcoming football season for the South Carolina Gamecocks. So, Sherrod Green is a super senior who was back for his sixth season with the Gamecocks. Now, in the first three years, Sherrod Green racked up 130 total tackles, a half a sack, one forced fumble, one interception, and one touchdown. But the last two years, unfortunately, they have both been cut short by injuries. A hip fracture in week one versus Tennessee in 2020 and a dislocation slash fracture with his right ankle in week three last year at Georgia. Now, Sherrod Green is back for one last ride, and he will be counted on heavily to provide some support to a rush defense that ranked 11th in the SEC in rushing yards allowed per game with 175 rushing yards allowed on average and 12th in the SEC in average yards per carry allowed sitting at 4.7 for that mark. His absence last year, in my opinion, really stretched the front seven thin, especially in the linebacker group. As the starting linebackers after Sherrod Green went down for the year were Damani Staley, who while experienced, just flat out did not possess the same sideline to sideline speed that Sherrod Green has, and Brad Johnson, who while also very experienced, was going through his first season as a true linebacker, as he had played sort of like an edge-slash-Sam role the last four years of his collegiate career. Now, Sherrod Green was on a pitch count this spring, and of course, this was intentional on the coaching staff's part, as the coaches want to try and keep Sherrod Green as healthy as possible this season. Listen, there's no question that there was a lot of games last season where the reason that South Carolina lost the game was because the rush defense just flat out didn't play up to snuff. You think about games like Clemson at home, as much as I hate to bring that game up, like Kentucky at home, like Missouri on the road, and Georgia on the road. A lot of games where South Carolina gave up at least like a minimum of 180 plus yards or more in each of those games. Heck, even Auburn, who South Carolina defeated at home, rushed for, I believe, 175 to 185 rushing yards, which is a pretty solid mark for a single game. South Carolina's defense just flat out wasn't cutting it in the rush defense department on multiple occasions last year. And you need a linebacker who is a field general, a guy that can get those guys in the right spots. And while, again, I don't doubt that Damani Staley did a good job of doing this, Damani at times was just flat out overmatched from an athleticism standpoint. He just could not keep up 
with running backs if they were able to bounce a carry to the outside. And then Brad Johnson, again, his first year as a true linebacker, found himself on multiple occasions in the completely wrong spot, taking the completely wrong gap. And that led to there being a wide open hole behind him. And as my defensive line coach taught me back in high school when I played football, if you go in the wrong gap, and there's a hole pretty much the size of a Mack truck that's now wide open, the ball carrier is probably going to end up running right through that hole that you just left. And Brad Johnson found himself in that spot one too many times this past year. Now, Brad Johnson, of course, comes back, now has a year of experience at the linebacker position in Clayton White's system, and Sherrod Green, most importantly, comes back. And you've also got another experience for Mohamed Kaba and Debo Williams behind those guys. But let's face the facts. If this rush defense is going to take a step forward next year, which gosh knows if South Carolina wants to win seven or eight, maybe even nine games this next season, that's going to have to happen. It is going to happen because of Sherrod Green. Not only, first and foremost, staying healthy, but also being out there as the experienced linebacker that, again, can make sure guys are in the right spots, that can help chase down and pursue ball carriers from sideline to sideline and serve as a veteran presence to this defense. Obviously, with all the production South Carolina has coming back from last season, the fact that they have pretty much at least a dozen super seniors that are returning, South Carolina's got a lot of experience already. But again, especially on defense, the linebackers are essentially the quarterbacks of the defense. And so because of that and everything else I've already mentioned, Sherrod Green is going to be very vital, very important, and somebody that South Carolina needs to really hope can stay on the field for the 2022 football season. But with that being said, y'all, that is going to do it for today's show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. I hope you all thoroughly enjoyed it. What are your thoughts? Is there a player that I didn't mention in today's show that you think is maybe even more important than some of the other guys I've mentioned? Do you think maybe I nailed it with these selections? I want to hear your thoughts down in the comments section if you're listening on YouTube. As always, if you listen to these podcasts through an audio podcast app, whether that be Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, then feel free to tweet me at A-Line underscore SC. I want to hear y'all's thoughts on who y'all think are the most important players for the Gamecocks going to next season, and I understand it. I could have very easily picked guys like a Spencer Rattler, like a Marshawn Lloyd, like a Jordan Birch or Jordan Stroud. I could have picked guys like that, but I've talked about a lot of these guys already, and so I really wanted to make a point to highlight today some different players that I haven't discussed about as much as some of the others. And in my opinion, these guys all are definitely going to fill a big need for this team next season. So once again, thank you all for listening to today's show. I hope you all have a great rest of your Friday and a fantastic weekend. I'll catch you all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast.